Some startling uh, stats have emerged from the Queensland government-funded uh, Elder Abuse Prevention Unit Helpline. In the past five years, there's been a near 70% increase in the number of elder abuse victims living with their abusers. It's often family and friends as well. Uniting Care Queensland's Wellbeing Services General Manager Luke uh, Lindsay joins us now to, to discuss this and dig a little bit deeper into some of these numbers and explain some of them. Uh, good to have you, Luke. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Bill. Thanks for having me. Maybe we should start with uh, putting a definition out there for people that aren't aware of it or aren't familiar with it. What is elder abuse and what different forms can it take? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Bill. Look, elder abuse, uh, look, essentially any act that causes harm or distress to an older person and usually is carried out by someone they know and trust. And and you're right, there are lots of different forms of elder abuse and psychological and financial and neglect and often physical abuse as well, tragically. And can, is it always, uh, can it be unintentional in some cases, I guess I, was, I want to say, or is it always something that's premeditated and, uh, and it's, it's an act that they've willingly and knowingly participated in? Look, unfortunately, <clears throat> there is often a, um, a premeditated uh, attribute to it. But look, there are times as well where often an, an adult child um, is, is the primary carer of an older Queenslander. And, you know, we, we refer to what's called carer fatigue, where that adult child becomes increasingly fatigued and exhausted and burnt out uh, from the constant nature and the needs of caring. And at times we can see that level of care slip uh, and we can start to see, you know, things like neglect um, start to show. What's behind the big number, 70% increase in the number of elder, elder, abuse, elder abuse victims living... What, what's causing that? Why is that the, the case? Yeah, look, what we've seen is um, I'm sure all of your listeners are very aware of the cost of living pressures at the moment. What we have seen is uh, a significant increase in adult children or adult grandchildren moving in with their parents or their grandparents and cohabitating um, because of perhaps loss of employment or change in financial circumstances. And that cohabitation often then leads to relationship breakdowns and often then we see different elements of abuse and often uh, psychological abuse and it might be through um, having pretty unpleasant things to say uh, to the grandparent or the, or the, the parents but also financial abuse where the adult child or grandchild becomes financially dependent upon the older person. Mm. And what are some of the, the barriers facing some of the victims in these cases from speaking up? I guess, uh, number one, it's difficult because they're in the home, and number two, they're family. Correct. Look, what we find is a lot of people, a lot of older people are very reluctant to speak up and to come forward and to share their concerns. And look, that is largely because they are worried about the consequences for their child or their grandchild. They're worried that if they speak up, the uh, police may become involved or that the, the person may be evicted from the home and, and may become homeless themselves. So there's this real balance between the potential negative consequences of, of losing a relationship with the child or the grandchild and speaking up um, and, and being really worried about what the outcomes might be. Yeah, yeah. And there'd be a lot of tension in homes in this sort of uh, in this sort of environment when this is happening. But I mean, particularly, say, there's an elderly parent or grandparent, I should say, and um, the child is there, and and there's grandkids as well. If all of a sudden, they've gone from being maybe alone or just an elderly couple in their home to all of a sudden having it overrun with people 
uh, which which they didn't have before. Can that create a lot of tension? Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, often when an older person has been living on their own for some time and, and being quite independent in doing so, when they then find themselves in a house full of potentially children or grandchildren, um, it can become a little chaotic, obviously, in that house and tensions can rise and there can be fallouts in the relationship and particularly where cost of living is impacting. So particularly where the adult child or grandchild is struggling financially and they may borrow with permission or often mm. without permission money from the elder person and that money is often not repaid and then we see that increase in frequency, increase in the amounts of money um, and all of a sudden the older person finds themselves in also in financial strife. Yeah. What about coercion? Does that take place as well? Absolutely. Look, in the last few years we've seen a significant uplift in coercion, uh, particularly coercion um, when it comes to financial pressure um, and uh, where there's a, a, a relationship that is, I will be in the home and care for you, but in, in return, you will help support me financially. And often the balance tips too far one way uh, and the older, the older person uh, ends up being seriously disadvantaged in that type of relationship. Mm. Is it often reported or not really? Look, what we are seeing is an increase in reports. So we've seen nearly a 14% increase in the last 12 months. Um, which is terrifying and, and terrific at the same time. Mm. So we're seeing other family members who are starting to notice things call us and ask for advice. Uh, we're often seeing um, you know, uh, GPs or community care nurses or friends or other family members reaching out to us to say, hey, we've noticed this, what do you think? What advice have you got for anyone that's listening now that may be thinking hmm, okay, some of that might be happening to me here or this, this might be my situation. Uh, what advice would you have for them if they're, if they're thinking that right now, having listened to what you're saying? Yeah, look, firstly, um, uh, there's a significant amount of fantastic information on our website, on the Elder Abuse Prevention website. And it, it is a great first step for people to have a look and to start to make some decisions about, actually, I think I might reach out for help. Secondly, is picking up the phone and making contact with our elder abuse prevention hotline. It's completely anonymous, completely confidential, uh, and you can share your circumstance and your story with our with our trained staff, and we can step you through some of the some of the potential options where you can seek support. What are the consequences of, of say, if someone did call in, and uh, is there a duty to report if there's something that um, people on the helpline think needs, say? Police intervention or or external intervention from other other agencies. Yeah, so the helpline themselves um, are not a mandated reporting agency. So our our role is very much around guidance and advice and support. But if if you phone uh, and we you know we feel there is a situation that requires police involvement or requires some kind of external agency involvement from a legislative perspective, we will certainly connect you and put you in touch with the right people for that to happen. Mm. But the beauty of the Elder Abuse Unit is it's a great place uh, to start your thinking, start asking those questions and getting expert advice to help you make really informed decisions around what's next. What's the guidance on maybe someone listening now that's uh, thinking, well, maybe I'll confront my my daughter or my son or my grandkids, is that advised or should they not do that? 
my advice would be to call and speak with the elder abuse uh, prevention unit first and talk through perhaps how you may approach the situation, the information you might need uh, in the first instance, and also just to talk through the type of behaviours. Because often what we find is if we can put appropriate supports in place, we can reduce um, we can reduce the, the impact and we can also reduce the likelihood of that abuse either continuing or escalating. And often it is a case of putting supports in place as opposed to taking a hard-line kind of confrontational approach. Mm. Oh, good advice. I'm glad we had a chat today. Thanks very much for your time. No worries. Thanks so much, Bill. Uniting Care Queensland. Uh, Luke Lindsay, General Manager, uh, Services General Manager, some good advice there because it's a pretty alarming figure, 70% increase in the number of elder abuse victims living with their abusers, often family and friends. And if anyone is listening out there and you think you might need to make a call, and uh, you may have some concerns about what's happening in your place about elder abuse, you can call that Queensland Elder Abuse Helpline. Here's the number, 1300 651 192. 1300 651 192 between 9 and 5 p.m. Monday to Friday. It's 19 past 11. I want to hear from you if you've got any concerns in that regard or you've had any experiences as well.